When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. Real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. Because donde esta el baño can be a very important question at times. You know, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. I love the fact that I can go from my laptop to my phone to pretty much anywhere and learn the language of my choice. Not to mention I'm bringing my communication skills to new heights. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash StarTalk. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash StarTalk today. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. It is now my incredibly great pleasure to introduce your host, America's wonder of science communication, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Welcome to Star Talk Live. So, Eugene, what guests do you have on your side of the we, fence there? We have... Uh, no, this oh, is Eugene, Eugene Merman. Hi. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, she is here on a visa uh, that is uh, of an alien of extraordinary ability. All the way from Ireland, the incredibly funny Maeve Higgins. Thank you, Eugene. Hi. Thank you, Eugene. And... Uh, She's very, very funny. I'm very excited she could do this. Ladies and gentlemen, Phoebe Robinson! Uh, So tonight's topics, uh, we're going to talk about uh, social media and technology. We're going to talk about football. We're going to talk about education. I have uh, someone who's formerly professor of mechanical engineering at Yale who wrote a book on the science of football and has specialized in the role of technology and education in STEM and all like the right ingredients. Plus, she's an expert in the science of football. Give us a warm welcome to Anissa Ramirez. Our feature guest this evening is, in fact, a former uh, college football player. Tight end was his position. Uh, He's also thought a lot about science and technology and uh, what force that could play in the future of the country, and uh, it's also active in social media. In fact, if you triangulate on those data, you get one person, and that is Senator Cory Booker from New Jersey. (laughs) Senator Booker! (laughs) So, let's get busy. Yes. (laughs) 
Let's hear some Newark love out there. Okay, you got Jersey in the house. Jersey in the house. Jersey. You sure you didn't bring, bring them in for I, just, I, to, yeah. just to stop, stop the audience there? The bridges are open, people. <laughs> <laughs> so, Corey, you've, uh, I think, is it true, you have more Twitter followers than like, anyone else in both houses of Congress. Is that correct? I, I, am, I am pretty sure that is true. Maybe as many as the sum of all Twitter followers <laughs> of both houses. Actually, you know what? That is not true. There's a guy that ran for president in the Senate that I think still might have a little bit more than me. Someone named Barack Obama. No, he, he, <laughs> he, he is no longer in either house of the Congress. They kicked him upstairs. Yeah, they kicked um, him upstairs. He's got like a billion him. Twitter they're, followers they're now. Um, no, it's, uh, it's John McCain, ran for, ran for president and has a whole bunch of uh, folks that follow him. I didn't know that. Yes. Okay, all right. But he mostly tweets dick pics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, hold on, hold on. Sorry. I, it was, I, I, I could not say it. Tonight, I'm your love translator. What he means is pictures of Dick Cheney. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I'm going to translate your, your, your comedy yes, comedy. please do. <laughs> I hope this doesn't become your last day as senator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Senator Booker, for those who might not know who you are, uh, you, you cut your teeth in New Jersey uh, State Legislature? No. Uh, uh, New Newark. Newark. I was in Newark there, Legislature. There. <laughs> Newark people can't finish getting it out of their system yeah. there. Uh, <laughs> we're Brook City proud. And that kept going, and you became mayor of Newark. Yes. And mayor's my favorite political position. It is. Yep. Because it's above that, you don't really influence the quality of an individual's life in a town. You, you, you do policy and things, but mayor, if the garbage isn't collected, the mayor, you got to talk to the mayor. You got to pick up the snow. You got to pick up the garbage. You right. are responsible for just about everything that touches. And you were mayor as recently as like a year and a half ago. Exactly. Wow. Yes. And, 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 and the Senate next? Uh, and then uh, uh, Senator Frank Lautenberg passed away. A United States Senate seat uh, was open, and I ran for that, and, and I got elected. Well, I didn't know you slipped into an empty seat. You didn't I tell did. me that. You make it sound almost illicit. Um, <laughs> um, um, no, the, the, uh, the, the seat was vacant, and there was a special election called... I ran and I got inaugurated on, a, on, a, on a, the auspicious day of Halloween, 2013. What did you dress as? I, uh, <laughs> a senator. Senator. Yes. <laughs> yes. Corey Booker. Booker. <laughs> yeah. you, you just accidentally <laughs> created... <laughs> This is, I'm going to get booed off the Apollo stage. <laughs> Where's the hook? <laughs> All the Newark people are like so embarrassed now. <laughs> it's okay. After, when, you're, when you become a certain age, it's okay to tell what are called dad jokes. Dad jokes. Right? They're, they're, it's like you're getting No, some, I think you have so, to be a dad. And tonight I'm here to tell you are a dad. No, <laughs> Come on well, when, you, when you're a mayor, you get called mother often, but usually it's followed by something. <laughs> so if you've got, um, so let me just ask you, what, you, if you tweet and you're a politician, what are you tweeting? Like, vote for me? I mean, what, what, where are you going with this? Where's it, where's it going to land? Well, for me, I, I've used the platform, started to use it when I was mayor, and we found out that it was in a phenomenal way 
to be very responsive to constituents. It, on the, you, on right the spot. There. So in Newark, what we found once we started using social media is that my residents, instead of just sort of driving past the pothole, they would take a picture of it and say, Corey, fix this. And, and, <laughs> and you'd be out there fixing potholes. <laughs> no, but the reality is I started to find out about potholes before my road crews would. I found out about traffic lights out before my engineering crew. It went from just being sort of e-government to we-government, everybody began to participate. And so we started increasing the efficiency of our response time thanks to everybody getting involved. Because you have a million eyes watching the city. Thousands of eyes. So as soon as a water main break, we would hear about it before people often even uh, uh, Before the, the news got there. The news, the news cameras got there. Uh-huh. And so in, 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 in really bad situations, like in Hurricane Sandy, we started getting tweets from people out of the city, out of the state. I lost contact with my disabled uh, senior citizen, a great aunt. Uh-huh. Um, could you please find her? And so we located people in that storm who were in crisis situations, often through social media. Okay, so this is a whole other... I mean, rather than, oh, I'm having a hamburger now... I'm going to the movies now. This is a real civic social good that you're describing here. Well, I, I, I do still tweet about movies. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit of an, a, a movie but, addict. Okay. Uh, but uh, but uh, you're also, you got some geek in you, too. Is I, I, that's why this is like... When I got the call to be sitting next to this man, you have no idea. My staff is like, I'm like, I am a groupie. I will go. If you call me, I don't care if I'm in a heated debate with Rand Paul. Uh, I will say, Rand Paul, we you've got, you've got to wait. <laughs> you would leave Rand Paul's company uh, to I come would, here? I would leave Rand Paul. I would leave John McCain. Yes. No, next time, him. bring him. Bring him. Yeah. I will, I, I would, I'm sure he would love to come yeah. out because in many ways, science should be uh, uh, above politics, right? And we should Amen. be... That's how I view it. Yeah. 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 Except global warming. Um, <laughs> that alleged, hopefully... alleged global warming. Yeah, alleged. Alleged. <laughs> <It's not. laughs> yes, yes. There was a snowball on the Senate floor, so that was an indication. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. yes. That wasn't the House, that was the Senate. That was the Senate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got, that's your Senate. Yes. Those are your peeps. Those are those. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's what I call them. I say, yo, what's up? <laughs> On the Senate floor. So, uh, we had a, a, someone named Biz Stone, which is a cool name. He's amazing. Uh, he's the, uh, one of the founders of Twitter. Yes. And we had him on Star Talk. And uh, I didn't know where that conversation would go, and he took it to a place I hadn't even imagined. Just speaking of Twitter as an engine of social change. Things like the, the Arab Spring, the, uh, uh, like you said, people trying to get the neighborhood, neighborhood fixed. I know Anissa is, is very active in social media trying to uh, promote STEM interest and STEM education. And so uh, would, that, would, would this mean that you would encourage everybody to, to kind of do this? Well, is this- I, I, I'm a big believer, and we've talked about it before, uh, and I said to you earlier that you know, Alice Walker said the most common way people give up their power is not realizing they have it in the first place. That's a profound statement. And it's true. We all have the power to influence our surroundings. And in fact, I've looked at this from lots of different social science data. Even in voting, the most powerful... You actually, you're in Congress and you look at data. I do. That's good. (laughs) Spread that. No, I look at my favorite... (laughs) (laughs) Just just get that out there, all right? right. (laughs) When I was mayor, one of my favorite savings to my team was, I said, in God we trust, I'm the man of faith, but everybody else bring me data. Let's make decisions based <laughs> on the science, and not on opinions, um, but based, based on the facts. And, and so social science data shows that the most powerful 
influence you have is with your circles of friends. If I show you 10 campaign commercials, vote for X, that's not as persuasive as your friend saying, hey, I know Corey, he's a really good guy, you should really go out and vote. In fact, if you know your friends are going to know if you voted or not, you're much more likely to vote. Uh, that's interesting. So, so social media then becomes, on, on Facebook pages and, and Twitter pages and all the way we connect with each other, you are a very powerful persuasive force in this world. You know, I was going to say that technology's had this role for a long, long time. It's new to us. But, you know, Martin Luther, when he wanted the reformation. Damn, you go back. Hey, Man. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I, still, I was ready. Martin Luther King. No, no, no. no. Yeah. Martin Luther. Okay. Yes. <laughs> you know, when we had to do wood cutting and paper. I mean, that was new. That was hot at one time. And that's how, you know, at that point there was this discontent about something. So we spread an idea. That's and hammer it on a door. Yeah. That's right. And similar to Twitter. I mean, it's the same thing with the Arab Spring. So we've been, you know, technology has helped us in, in terms of changing things for a long, long time. But the, the power you have to understand is that, that, that technology, whatever the platform is, radio, TV, they are neutral forces. What affects the reality is what we pour into them or what we, uh, how we influence them. And I was sitting on a, on a, on a, in a committee hearing, in a subcommittee hearing, on how well ISIS is using social media. They're running circles in many ways around us in terms of their ability to use social media to influence other people and recruit. And, I and all the, we have is the radio, is, is uh, Air America. Air America. Yeah, yeah. And, and, old and fashioned we, way to do it. We spend tens of millions of dollars using this old fashioned way of communicating when the majority of people younger than you and I, we were talking about millennials, they're getting the majority of their news now and their information is coming from social media. And so if we don't change with the times, this is not the 1940s where we're putting out uh, radio, it's now the, you know, the two, 2015. We this should is be, a radio show. Yeah. We, <laughs> but we have the... Hey, well, you have to go. <laughs> no, no disrespect to anybody listening to my voice. I we love have radio. Okay, wait, so it's, so it's more than just... The social media <laughs> tweet. But it's also a podcast, and we... we okay, but, good. But... Thank, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you oh. very much. So it's also a podcast you can download. Yeah. Yes. Like a radio show. And then listen yes. on the treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> so we need, basically, the U.S. government needs to take some of the money we put into, like, weapons and put it into Snapchat. <laughs> and then an no. army of... Wait, wait, wait. It's more, it's more than that. It's not just what's the tweet you put out. It's... Is your tweet memeifiable, right? Is that a word? Yeah, look, it is today. It, I, yeah. I think this goes from. I think this goes from. <laughs> it's got to become something that people want to repeat, and, yes. and 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 it gets in their skin. But think about technology in general, and you're seeing this powerful wave throughout every element of society: the democratization of society, and it goes to a simple understanding: the power of the people is greater than the people in power. So, so what's ISIS doing that's actually effective? Like, I get, everyone talks about how they're really great. You is it just to get teenagers to come over and join yeah, them? Yeah, they're, they're talking to people all over the world, and they're sending, like, like, to people that wouldn't have access to them otherwise. And, like, you don't even know who it is, right? Like, yeah, well, yeah, but the like, power, they're, they're using very persuasive propaganda, these mm -hmm. memes. Uh, they're communicating uh, uh, relentlessly. Just to be clear, uh, the word meme was invented... 10, 15 years ago, to be a thought counterpart to a gene. I don't know if you knew this. So what you, you would inherit genes from your genetic parents, and these are, this is a property of you physically or, or biologically that get carried on. A meme is sort of a mental gene. It's something that it comes into your head and you can't get it out. Right. So and ISIS, it is so 
tasty and so easy to, re to re-say yeah. that he goes to someone else and they can't get it out and it spreads. So, so, so that's where you get the word meme relative to gene. Th thank you for that. Yes. <laughs> this podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the US on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more... FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Hey, remember when we did that show about the science of the golf swing? Well, let's take that to the next level. And that's because PXG has developed the Black Ops Driver so golfers don't have to sacrifice distance for forgiveness. And the science proves it. PXG Black Ops Driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering, unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Ops Drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. Now that's ridiculously high. The higher the MOI, the more forgiving the club will play. So you don't have to square the ball perfectly for it to go straight and get distance. Add PXG's new advanced material face technology and you get incredible ball speed that pushes the distance to the absolute limits. More forgiveness, more distance, no sacrifices. PXG Black Ops Driver. Hit your tee shot straighter and farther. The proof is in the science. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment. Go to pxg.com slash startalk and use code startalk at checkout. That's pxg.com slash startalk. Use code startalk for free shipping on all equipment. PXG.com slash StarTalk, code StarTalk. So, um, so you played football for this, this college 
small college in the, in the West Coast. It's a junior, co- yes. junior it's called Stanford. Yes. Yeah, okay, just checking. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and uh, you, you played tight end? Yes. And so that meant you, uh, you not only would receive a tossed ball, but you would also... That's not really how he said it. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 the, the tossing. Uh, yeah, I can't... Tossing, sorry. Yes, tossing. I can't <laughs> tell if... The, were, you, you were you an ed score? But the only point I'm making is that you would run with the football or occasionally block for someone else. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> if you block, that means you are running into people. Yes, very hard. Okay. You hit them as hard as you can. As hard as you can. Yes. Wow. And the harder you hit the better a player you are. No. Okay, because, because and, and there was a day when you would hit people like with, with your shoulder. But, but there's a, there really is a physics that we are taught on the field. You want to get leverage. You want to hit them in the right places. Yeah. There are certain places to hit that are illegal. Yeah. Um, and so it's not just the ho- how hard you hit. It's really how effective you hit. Okay, and so lately people have been hitting other people with their heads. Yes. Okay, did you hit people with your head? I, I had some very bad head collision experiences. Okay. That sounds like a yes. Okay, yes. so, now, is that... That was a yes. Is that... So, did anyone tell you that your brain is in your head? Um, <laughs> they didn't teach that at Stanford. They didn't teach that at Stanford. <laughs> okay, so... Well, I mean, look, my, my most nightmarish experience in football... Tell me, what... Yes, tell it, me. It was, uh, we were playing UCLA, so I'm running down on, on the kickoff team. You know, I would just go down there like a kamikaze, and they would form what's called a wedge. They bring the four of the biggest guys together. And, and that wedge is protecting the... The, the, the guy with the ball. With the guy the ball. Who's, who's received the kickoff. And I was running down as fast as I could. I put my head down to blast through that wedge, hit it with the wrong way, uh, the way that I was not taught, and my, I guess my spine uh, compressed. I just, my whole body below my neck went numb. I fell to the ground. Oh my God. And I just remember lying there thinking, praying to God that I would be able to get up uh, again and walk. So everything below your neck is animatronic now. Is that well, right? no. <laughs> no, but the interesting your thing is... are doing very well. To be, good at, are... to be good at anything, public speaking, fearlessness uh, or courage is, the, is not the absence of fear. It's going on anyway. But my fear after that, from that experience, you need that sort of fearlessness or that courage, and I lost it, and so I became very ineffective on the kickoff team and was soon pulled off. I don't think that's fearlessness. I think that's being smart. Yeah. You're like, I was afraid to run at people with my head. (laughs) Seems super reasonable. (laughs) So you you went numb, so that was some electric, uh, neuroelectrical... Impulse going down your spine. Yeah, or, or and, my and, and spine got. Cr- were you taken off the field in that play? No, I, I sort of, I watched on the videotape the next day. I sort of got up as I started to feel sort of uh, uh, my body again, and I, I just sort of gingerly walked off the, oh to the sidelines. God. There's some controversy in Ireland. We don't have American football in Ireland, but I mean about like concussion in sports, oh, yeah. um, because like in rugby where it's also like really big tackles, they don't have helmets. And it used to be if you got a bad concussion, you would be off the pitch for a week. And then they were like, actually, just a game. You know, because they want the players. But so, it's actually, but, it's football that has the greatest concussion rate. And it's because we have a helmet. See, the yes. web... Wait, 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 before you get there, let me ask sure. you something. Yeah. There are other animals in the animal kingdom yeah. that are banging their head like there's nobody's <laughs> business, like a woodpecker. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So, um, why doesn't a woodpecker's brain get scrambled every time it's pecking its head at the side of a tree. Well, woodpecker pecks 12,000 times a day. The next day, 12,000 times a day. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. 
So what's it thinking? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's up with that? So we talked to some folks who study birds, ornithologists, just to use the we is now your actual myself and my co-author when we wrote Newton's Football. We talked to an ornithologist just to speak Cory Booker talk. Okay. Um, and uh, what they ornithologist, told one who studies birds. One who studies birds. Yes. Thank you very much. Yes. So uh, what they told us is that the bird has a smaller brain. From the science point of view, when something's smaller, it can, it can undergo greater forces. So if I had my laptop here and I had my cell phone here and I dropped them both, my cell phone would be fine. My laptop, I'd probably have to take to the store. Well, that's what's going on. Smaller brains can handle larger forces. Bigger brains, like what we have, can't handle those bigger forces, so we get concussions. Also, around the, the brain of a, a bird, they don't have that fluid, so the brain doesn't slosh around. It's in there, tightly fitted. So those are some of the reasons. So woodpeckers don't get concussions, but there's nothing that we can learn from woodpeckers to make it so that we don't get concussions. What the, the reason for concussions is the face mask That's right. so, of so, the helmet. Of the helmet, exactly. Did you, check this out. Yeah, I'm All ready. Right, so, <laughs> the, reasons, the reason why we had helmets to begin with is that People used to die from the game, and they died because their brains were being, uh, they had skull fractures. Yes. So that's where helmets came from. Okay, wait, wait. So rather than stop playing that game... No, keep going, keep going. <laughs> okay, we just say, we still want to smash heads, yeah. now let's just protect the head. Let's protect the head, let's put a leather head on top of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that... Leather became, helmet. Leather right. helmet, that's right. And so that became a little bit more sophisticated until it got to uh, like a hard shell. Now, in the 1950s, there was a player, Otto Graham, he had a gash on his face, and his coach wanted to protect him, and so he put this plastic around his face, that was the first face mask, and then that became a standard issue. What that did is that changed the way that we tackle. We used to tackle with our shoulders, then we started tackling with our heads. So by putting the face mask, the helmet became weaponized, and so that's what gave rise to the concussion. Whoa. Mm. Did you get any bad concussions that you can recall? I can't remember. He doesn't know what I just said. <laughs> so, so, Senator, I mean, you have a sense. I didn't know this, but one of the committees you serve on uh, has oversight over professional sports. Is that... Well, just so you understand that this, the Commerce Committee in the Senate oversees sports and science. And so, uh, so that's mm. why I'm very excited to talk about this. I got no sports. money from that part of the Congress. <laughs> <laughs> you should tweet him. Both. Tweet I him. need to talk to him. <laughs> so, so, so okay, so that means you, have, you not only have the fact that you play ball as an infusion of interest in this, but you also have your interest in science. So that's, that's great. You're the right guy for the job. I, I really enjoyed the committee. It's one of my favorite uh, ones. So give me the full name of that committee. Just so it, It's got a lot of words after it. Commerce, science, well, does, does transportation use, is transportation. in there too. Does it use commas? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the committee I testified in front of about NASA's budget. Oh, right. Yeah. It's overseas you weren't, NASA. You weren't there, though. I was not. I'm, I'm a newbie on, You're on newbie. the Senate. You're a newbie. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I testified in front of that committee. I, I was surprised how many... How many things they had oversight over. Yeah, it's, in, it's one of the broadest jurisdictions of any committee, but the, to your But point, does that mean you have to worry about concussions in NFL? It, it means that we worry about concussions, period, in, in the NFL, but also we worry about, I mean, the NFL was granted a lot of authority by Congress, like antitrust exemptions they were given. Uh, the NCAA is under, the, under, under that. We, we have this illusion in this country that I think was created... Uh, purposefully, uh, that, that somehow the young people that are doing those sports are amateurs, so we don't pay them, but yet 
They are working 50, 60, 70, 80 hour weeks. Yeah, that ship sailed back in the 70s when amateurs in the Olympics, I mean, Olympics, amateur, amateur, this and amateur. My father ran track and there was amateur, there was AAU, amateur athletic union. I mean, everything was split up, amateur professional. Now that, that boundary's gone. It's blurred, but. And everywhere else, but, but the NCAA? Look, my, my, my football was my ticket in, in many ways. I, got, I joke that I got into Stanford because of a 4.0, 1600. 4.0 yards per carry, 1,600 receiving yards. <laughs> Very good. And, 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 and so... I, you know, 1,600 would be a perfect score on your SAT at the time. <laughs> I think everyone here knows that. Well, no, because, wait, because the SAT now is three parts, and so it's not 1,600. Oh. It's a perfect score. 2,400. Oh. Yeah, 24. Well, I did very poorly, so what do I yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> it's lucky you were a star athlete, Eugene. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I got a, a ping pong scholarship <laughs> that I didn't waste. <laughs> so, so what a privilege it was. I'm not, I'm not taking away from that. My ability uh, opened up doors for me that were extraordinary. But my point is, is that it is gross. In my opinion, it's grossly unfair the way the NCAA treats a lot of our scholarship athletes, particularly football players and basketball players, who work full time jobs and go to school. And let's assume that they did get an injury. Um, now you can find yourself 10 years after you're playing football. Oh, by the way... They drop you like a hot potato. You get it's it. not even a four-year scholarship. It's a one-year renewable scholarship. So you have kids mm -hmm. that are promised education. They serve the football team. They pack stadium seats. They get blow out their knee, and they're losing their scholarship. Or they, they have injuries 10 to 15 years later and now have medical costs that the university is not covering. Mm. They, they work so much during school, they may not be able to finish in four years. Their scholarship isn't guaranteed for five or what have you. The scholarship doesn't cover the full cost. So if you're a poor kid... Uh, coming uh, there, your parents might not even be able to fly and see you play in games. You're, you don't, you can't work uh, uh, necessarily. So there's all these injustices that I see about the way the NCA treats athletes. We had a hearing on it. Yeah, but uh, how much of that is, is to, to use the phrase, hoop dreams? People wanting to go pro one day, rather than just okay, I want to be exploited for four years and then go on to a regular job. I mean, a high percentage of in, in Division One athletics, they they think they're going to play pro, don't they? Yeah, look, I think the ambitions are there mm -hmm. from a lot of folks, but the reality also... Did you, did you want to go pro? I, you know, I always said that football would be my ticket, but not my destination. I, I, I saw it as an opportunity. You know, I, I'd have, I was the most highly overrated high school football player in the history of America. Um, <laughs> you know, somehow I was a high school All-American on the same team of guys like Emmett Smith and things like that who also came out of a different state, but we made the same USA Today All-American team. So I had the blessing of choices, and the reason why I chose Stanford, I said, look... You know, I could get a full scholarship to one of the top educational schools. I said, let me go to that one. It'll open up more doors for me in the future. Uh, I was very clear on the, the stats that maybe 2 3% of kids are going to make from college are going to make it okay. to, uh, to the pros. So you, you, you looked at the data. I looked at the data. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at the data. He's, he's and, got a bad habit. Yeah, it's not, yeah, not it's a bad habit. habit. Yeah. And so, you know, look, uh, there's got to be some balancing here uh, where folks, because they often find themselves five years later with no degree, with an injured body, medical costs, uh, not prepared to enter the real world in a competitive way. And, and we should so we're not honest with ourselves about the exploitation of the students in that realm. That's right, really what it right. is. Right. But yeah. the safety concerns that you're bringing up, they're real as well. And we, and we need to begin to really take that seriously. And some of it has to do with, again, at the college level, how much is that kid actually playing? How much risk are we putting them in? Should they have, you know, we were doing two-a-days or three-a-days. What is the measure of success for a student athlete? Yeah. 
is a measure of success. I mean, that's yeah. So is a measure of success how many games they win or how good of an education they receive, and and so yeah. that's the yeah. that's the balance. And so these schools that are winning these, 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 these championships but have graduation rates that are horrendous, a lot below the actual student body, to me that is exploitation. And it's a failure of the mission of the institution itself. And, and so... Okay, wait, be careful what you wish for. So suppose we change this and then we say, okay, let's give them all very high salaries. And then they buy homes, you know, as undergraduates. And, and then what is that? But no, no, but th- th- that's... That's what often happens in my senatorial and congressional debates is people want to debate you by leaping to the extreme. Yeah, yeah. And what I'm simply saying is... There's a middle. There's a middle there's somewhere. A, there's a large middle okay. area that you said, why not, first of all, give a scholarship that is the full, work, the full cost of an education at, at the school? Because even now, the NCAA even admits it's hundreds of dollars below the, the living costs. Why not have, instead of one-year renewables, so if you get injured or something happens, we kick you off, you, when you sign that letter of intent, you are guaranteed you know, X numbers of years or a degree or at least five years. Why not say that we're going to cover your medical costs if you get injured in a lot of those things? Uh, tell me about Deflategate. What, the, what was that all about? Oh, man. That was crazy. But that was, that was science. It was that was so, great. That's was, why I brought that's that what, you I mean, that was... I, I didn't accidentally have you on this stage. I, I figured that out. I figured that out. Figured <laughs> out. Okay. But we know, the thing that we know is that pressure and temperature in this dance, wherever temperature goes, pressure goes. Temperature goes down, pressure goes. Okay. So we knew that it was a cold day, so the temperature went down, so the pressure followed it. However, if you do the math, you're not going to cover for the two PSI that was missing. So what I like to say is Mother Nature is off the hook. She didn't do it. Okay. So, so just so I understand something, Corey. Yes. Um, I don't know why deflating a ball would make a team win by 48 to 7. <laughs> or whatever was the score. Uh, it seems to me you're really, you're really reaching here. Uh, no. To try to say that, uh, oh, you, that's why you won by such a great margin. No, I think you're missing the larger point. I, to- I so am, and I need you to help me out here. <laughs> okay. This is not the point, but anybody who's ever played Nerf football, you can grab it better. It's easy to catch a deflated football. If, if, when I used to play, you know, if you, football like this one had a, had a lot less pressure than it should have, either grown. But that is not this point. The point is this. This is a professional that has millions of Americans, millions of people globally, uh, children, young people. I, when I was young, I used to dream. Uh, these guys inspired my dreams. And the point is, not if they, how much they won by or, what, or the points on the board, it really does matter the integrity of the game. What message are you giving to the public? And if you choose to cheat, you're basically saying it is win at any cost necessary even to cheat. And so what you, the damage you do to the game when you cheat for that little advantage, whether it's putting, if you're a pitcher, putting Vaseline or, or what have you on your arms, that is, a, that is injuring the sport and injuring the game. So I don't care if they won by 50 points, 60 points, 70 points. They cheated, and that should mean something. It should have a consequence. I'm with you on this. I just didn't know why a, a two PSI lower pressure ball 
would be better for winning. I just thank you for telling me. So it's because you can grip it better. Oh, my yeah. God. If you go out and play with a Nerf football versus the same football uh, fully inflated, you'll see the difference between being able to grip it, being able to throw it, the accuracy. Okay, so I know and the, there's a in the physics. It was, and it was also a very rainy day, so it was a slippery, slippery ball. So okay, really this was up in New England, it. it was. Yeah. So, so, so also, so then if that's the case, let me just take this a few physics steps further. Yes. I think you want greater friction. That's why it's easier to compress so you can get a better grip. A better grip. That's the physics. But throwing but it or do, catching. But throwing no, catching it, as a guy who spent a lot of my years catching those, the footballs, yeah. the deflated ball for me was easier to catch. But the report had one paragraph that everybody overlooked. It said, can you take 13 balls and deflate them in two minutes? And they had engineers do this test and they're like, yes. That was the test. <laughs> but you could do it? You could do it. You in a bathroom? The, well, you get one of those needles and you just, you can deflate it. That was the so, test. That they okay, did. so, and another point is, this is what it tells me, because we had to wrap this segment up. It's, it tells me that the football players themselves didn't know enough physics to realize they would get caught. <laughs> You've got to explain that one to me. No, no. If, if you knew the physics of this, you would say to yourself, if we deflate this, you cannot fool Mother Nature, and the laws of physics will ultimately indict us, not the laws of the land. And, Right? And the laws of it. Science! Yes! Science. They needed the science. Well, they tried to hide behind science. The first, you know, back in January and February, they were, they were talking about, well, this can happen. You know, they were really trying to If it's to cold, hide. but they didn't do the calculation. They didn't had do they the cal- done it, That's they would have right. said, we better stop this right here. That's yeah. Right. That wraps up segment two on football with Senator Cory Booker. <laughs> More Star Talk when we come back. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's related to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah my nephew. Yeah. Did you, were you a hip-hop fan when you were young? I, I, uh, yeah, I was around when... I was around... <laughs> How come I'm the oldest one? <laughs> You're talking about Martin Luther like he was your friend. Or something. Uh, I... were, were you using, like, gramophones as decks? <laughs> <laughs> There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are in France. Which means Tubi is more popular than cigarettes for breakfast. It's more popular than considering iced coffee a total abomination. More popular than loving political revolutions. More popular than mère and mère somehow being different words. Tubi, it's more popular than being French. See you in there. Do you want to set up your child for success? Of course you do. Maybe you want to save money on private tutoring, or maybe it's just out of your budget altogether. Is this a big school year for your child? Like maybe they're starting kindergarten, middle school, or high school, or some other milestone. Maybe your family moved and they're starting at a new school. Is your child ahead? Not getting challenged enough in class? Well, we love that little smarty, but we want them to be engaged. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age 
or the personality. There's one site for all the kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids can use it at home on the computer or on the go through the app on your phone or your tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything itself. And no more trying to figure out how to explain math equations or grammar rules yourself. IXL has built-in explanation videos. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And Star Talk Radio listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash Star Talk. Visit IXL.com slash Star Talk to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. We're now on a subject that's near and dear to everyone, and if it's not, it should be, or just, are you even human? And it's uh, education. Yeah. Just education. Uh, yeah. Who, 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 and uh, you, what, one of, for me, one of the, your most noble causes that was written all over you in New Jersey as a, as a mayor, it's still there. It's how we first met. It's trying to reduce recidivism in prisons yeah. by educating prisoners while they're there so that when they come out, maybe yeah. they got a new thing they can do. That's right, that's right. Why hasn't anybody been doing that since prisons were invented? Why is that a new thing? Right. Well, first of all, I wish this is an area where the data should be controlling our decisions, but what was controlling our decisions was fear and, and I suspect a lot of other bases or emotions. America went... Fear of a criminal. Of a Fear of a criminal. Uh, I, I think there was a lot of race issues uh, uh, mm -hmm. also in this. Let's, be, let's just keep it real uh, that we have gone through. The, the, right around the end of the civil rights movement, we had this explosion in, in, uh, in incarceration fueled by a failed war on drugs, uh, over 800% increase in the federal prison population. And we now lead the planet Earth dramatically. We are 4%, 4 to 5%. We, as in the United States. In the United States. We, the United States has 4 to 5% of the globe's population but we have about 25% of the globe's incarcerated people. And, and, and then when you start breaking it down about who gets arrested, you begin, that's when you start to see uh, that this affects everybody, uh, white folks who are turned into the system, black folks who are turned into the system, but there's no difference between drug usage. Let's give marijuana usage, for example. The last three presidents have admitted to uh, using marijuana. But if you are an African-American in this country, uh, you are almost four times more likely to be arrested for using drugs, even though there's no difference statistically between blacks and whites using, you're almost four times more likely to be arrested for using drugs than somebody white. And so we've got this massive increase in incarceration, disproportionately in communities of poor, of poor communities, disproportionately blacks. We have states like New Jersey that have blacks that are about 14% uh, of the state's population, probably a little less, that make up over 62%, about 62% of the prison population. But then the problem is, is, as you said, then we let people out of prison. 
remember, the majority of people arrested, these are not murderers, these are not violent criminals, the majority of people we arrest are nonviolent offenders, then we let folks out, and then we immediately put them into a caste system in which they're punished for the rest of their lives. Because when you get out of prison and you have a felony conviction for a nonviolent, say, drug offense, you can't get a Pell Grant, you can't get a job, you can't get uh, business uh, loans, many business licenses. What's that? Can you You vote? vote. Your voting rights are restricted. Your serving on a jury is restricted. Prisons are a business. Their business model is crime, right? Right. So you want people to come back. You don't want to educate them. Well, that's why I've railed against private prisons. But private prisons are kind of the problem. And so now you have this large population that is going to find it very hard to reintegrate into society. And we wonder why two-thirds or more of our people that we release go right back into prison, fueling this prison industrial complex, as you, as you seem to be putting it. And so this is, this is an aberration. It should not be. And there are logical things based on facts. that We know there are ways to do better. And if they're in prison... Somebody's paying for them to be in prison. Right. If they have a job, they're earning money. And they're paying the, the, and the, they're com- paying a tax the common base. treasury. Yeah. Right, right, right. So uh, is there, now we're, we're in a century where fluency in STEM is going to make the difference between whether you lead the world economically or not. So, so do, do you get pushback from non-STEM people saying, why don't you help out the other subjects too? Like yeah, well, you know. Literature the, the, and li- The liberal arts. And, yeah. I mean, I, I you don't. get pushback? I do get pushback. Yeah. Uh-huh. One, of my no favorite, one, my, one of my favorite uh, people, uh, people on zo- Sunday morning put, did a book about, in defense right. of liberal but arts. They're, they're assuming that it's a zero-sum game. Mm-hmm. I'm saying when we, we need to, you know, everything's going towards STEM, but we don't forget the other things as well mm-hmm. because we need to know things in context. That's why I've been, you know, spitting out all this history. I'm a scientist because we have to know that how things are related and how things are interrelated as well. So I don't think those things get left out. I don't think we have the perfect model. So your commentary this evening is living proof of why the rest of these subjects are important. That's right. Otherwise, you would have no way to think about how what you do know from your sciences fits in to our culture. That's right. You're thinking this is an invention, and you're the first person to see it, and it's never been done before. Mm -hmm. But if you look at history, you'll say, hey, we've been here before. Twitter? Yeah, that's fine, but that used to be the pamphlet some time Mm -hmm. ago. So we have to know how these things are all interrelated. So we need all those things. But the tragedy, I think, in our country, and I love the way you put it, and that's definitely worthy of applause. Mm -hmm. It really is, again, what I was saying in the previous segment about the global competitive. Does America want to stay um, as a dominant uh, global economic force? And if we do, we've got to change our ways dramatically because we are failing to graduate people from the STEM subjects. And we're leaving. Nobody would feel the football team with only six players. You're the one that tweets with less words, but most people want to put the full team out there. Fewer words. Fewer Fewer words. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! He started it. Uh, I did? <laughs> with your big old SAT words. We had Sputnik. We had Sputnik, and that galvanized every, everything was aligned. But just to be clear, Russia so, had Sputnik. Yeah. Yes, I'm okay. talking about the global world. Yes, right. okay. But All my right. point is, is yeah. that we're, we're fielding a team in, in science and technology and leaving large amounts of our team on the sidelines. A, women. Only about one out of ten uh, STEM professionals, STEM professionals are yeah. filled by women. That's, that's outrageous. We, the genius we're leaving on the sideline. And it's, it's, all more outrageous, it's more outrageous if you realize, again, I'm, I'm spitting out history, but in the 1890s, there were more girls in a STEM class than boys. Right. 57%. What happened is the home economics movement sucked them all out, Ugh. and by the time that bubble collapsed, <laughs> what do I say? So gross. 
we were like, let's teach people to make pie, and then they were like, oh, we'll just do that instead of <laughs> instead of math. Instead, instead of, of math, learning that's pie. right. Run the house. <laughs> wait, wait, how, wait, wait. I'm, you just blew my mind with Sorry this, about that. this yeah. data. 1890, there were more women in yeah. STEM fields, in, however in that STEM, was defined. In a STEM classroom, 57% in an algebra class, a chemistry class, was girls. And then the home economics movement pulled them all out, and then when that bubble collapsed... Well, I didn't even know there was a home economics movement. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it was called domestic science in my school, and I was always like, I don't know about this science. <laughs> 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 it's domestic. <laughs> yes. But wait a minute. In, in, at the turn of that century... That's right. The, the suffrage movement was warming up. So women were ready to claim voting rights in the UK, here in America. Right. You tell me women are ready to want to go out and vote and change the world, but they just go in droves to become home ec... Because we were sold a bill of goods that this is what we need in order. This was a way to empower women so they can run the home, run the farm, and doing it in a way that's very businesslike. And everyone just did it. Everyone did it. All the girls had to go to this class. But then that home economics bubble collapsed. Girls tried to go back into the science classes, and they, adopt, they got this bad reputation that they can't do science. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about girls in STEM, it's, it's, it's erroneous. I'm trying to use a big word. I'm sorry, I'm not up to it. Um, <laughs> Erroneous. We're, it's, it's because it's because we, you know, girls could always do STEM. We used to rock STEM. It's just that there's no, you know, there's no memory in the system. Right. And so if our STEM team now is missing 50 plus percent of the population, and then if you take blacks, Latinos, Native Americans, they make up less than 10 percent, uh, about 10 percent of STEM too. So you're leaving that pipeline. Uh, dry as well. And so we're not getting everything on the field. And so we as a society have to begin to understand we have to figure out how to prime these, these sources of our genius because this country's most valuable natural resource is not oil or coal or gas anymore. It's the genius of our population. But we're not doing enough to cultivate that. No, you're yeah. working on it. You've got a, you've got a program. My new science podcast yeah. called Science Underground. We explain science topics in two minutes. Why so not take four hours? Because <laughs> so that people the schools can use it. Schools can use it. Why not overexplain it though? <laughs> Why not have people tune out in the middle? <laughs> but we I feel like even it. that fact that like girls used to outnumber boys in STEM. Like I never heard that before. Like if you get that message into like one girl's head, that's yeah. so powerful. Like just that's just like one line. It took you a few seconds to say. But if you don't know it, then like you don't know it. So that's you don't right. Think it's you think that we've always been at the bottom, but we haven't. We used mm -hmm. to rock it. But you can't say that for two minutes. Okay, so, so you got these, these two-minute uh, biscuits, really, yeah. of wisdom and insight. Oh, biscuits that you made yeah. in home economics. <laughs> 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 uh, you busted. Totally busted. <laughs> is the no, show it, called it Science Biscuits? Mary that's right, that's right. It, 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 it happens, just so you know, <laughs> that because many foods, especially fruits, are spherical, like oranges, apples, and many objects in the universe are spherical, uh, food becomes a, a, a potent way to reference things in my field. I'm just saying. So food is always... It, in, the, in the mind of the astrophysicist, <laughs> food and orbs, they all go together. <laughs> in your podcast that's in progress now, um, it's one thing to teach people and then they learn something, but there's something every kid has, and it's the why. I, I say this often, you know, we spend the first year or so of a child's life teaching them to walk and talk. We spend the rest of their lives telling them to shut up and sit down. Mm. And, that, and, and, and this, inc this inquiry, which is a fundamental part of childhood, 
gets beaten out of us or, gets, or it, it withers on a vine. And so maybe it is, it's not how much science do you know, it's how long do you keep asking questions? Well, but that's what a great scientist data. is. A scientist asks questions. I've seen, I've seen kids, toddlers go into an elevator, right? And, and With a rabbi? Like, is this a bit? No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Toddler walks into an elevator. So, and, and they'll go to, like, push one of the red buttons in the thing. And the parents say, no, don't do that. I'm saying, let the kid push the emergency button. How, what harm could that no. do? Yes. No, no, no. The, the siren will go off, and then the kid will never do it again. But they'll learn something about pushing red Plus, buttons. What is the fire department doing anyway? <laughs> <laughs> Let them meet this nice child. So I get, so I, I get to the my, my kids, my wife and I, she has a, a PhD in mathematical physics. So people always ask if like, we have really messed up kids. But I don't, I don't think they're messed up. So what you're saying is that we should give young children a screwdriver and show them an outlet and say, hey, we're going to learn about electricity. Yeah, yeah. I think that that idea that you learn so much by, by experiential world, maybe you might cut yourself, but you're going to learn a lot. And I'm still one of those guys. I'm sort of a big kid. And I, I say, should I push this button? And when I was first came into the Senate, I might be saying something that you're not supposed to tell people, but senators in their offices have a panic button. And I didn't know what it was. And I started pushing this button. I was like, what? And so Capitol Police stormed my office. <laughs> and, and, and so... These freshman senators, yeah, my yeah. God. We, we can't, like, wrap our children in bubble but wrap. But that's what parents do, right? They, they, they don't okay. let them do anything. You can wrap your child in bubble wrap. You just, it needs breathing. Right. A breathing. <laughs> but there's another great study about... It is about, true. You can wrap your kids in bubble wrap. There's another great study about over the years, they looked at the rate radius in which children are allowed to walk over three generations has been shrinking so much more. Kids are such wimps today, yeah. it's clear. Yeah. When we, I tweeted this, I, I had a whole hashtag, when I was your age, right? One of them was, when I was your age, if you fell off the monkey bars, you landed on cement. Amen. Am I right? Who's old enough here? Yeah, 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 that's right. Nowadays, it's these soft cushions. Oh, I fell off the monkey bars and oh, <laughs> yeah, oh. You know how to grip. If you know cement is waiting for you 20 feet down. Did you play on Soviet playground? <laughs> Soviet playground. When I, I went to a school the other day, I asked, do you guys play dodgeball? And it was almost like I said a dirty word. We don't play dodgeball anymore. Right. Why? But I think this translates to this is, kids are afraid to, be, to fail. And that's what you need in the 21st century if you're going to make something. This is how you learn stuff. But if, you, if we bubble wrap them, they're, they're reluctant to do that. And also, if we test them and we tell them that you have to get this right answer, no one's willing to try. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, 
things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. <laughs> 